You were listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 163. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. As always, honor and a privilege to have you here. Let's have a discussion about who you are choosing to take advice from. This is extremely important because as you begin your growth and your education, you are going to come across a lot of people who will have ideas about what they think you should be doing. And it's going to be extremely important for you to be running what they say to you through a filter of, you know, is this really the best for me? What might possibly be their motive? Is there an ulterior motive than the one that they are saying to me? You're going to want to have a system of checks and balances when you go to take advice, when you go to um, seek answers from people. And I'll tell you why this is so important, because there are a lot of people who have no problem giving you their advice, giving you their opinion, trying to press their values, opinions, beliefs, principles, standards, habits upon you because it's working for them. And in some cases, it may not even be working for them, but hey, they're going to give you their opinion anyways. And this is something that is going to happen throughout your life. And one of the reasons why I chose this to be the topic as we're finishing up 2022 and moving into 2023 is that This is a time of change when we switch years, and there's a lot of people who are seeking New Year's resolutions, they're seeking new ways of living, coming up with new habits, starting to set different standards for themselves, and you're going to start talking to people about what it is you want to do, and you're going to start inviting their energy into what it is you are seeking to plan for, strategize for, and then take action upon. And not everybody is going to be in the best of mental health whenever you start letting them know what you're wanting to do and start asking them for their advice and their opinions. Um, One of the ways that I started to talk about this in my head before I hit record was that um, sick people are not the best source for opinions and advice. And I caught myself with the word sick because that has a very um, stigmatizing language around it. What does sick mean? Does it mean that somebody's ill? Does this mean that somebody isn't well? Uh, now, if, if you say somebody's sick in the head, that may have been okay to talk about that way in the 80s and 90s, not so much now. Now we care a lot more about people's feelings and how we're framing things through mental health. So when I say that sick people are not the best people to be taking advice from, it's not a disparaging remark as much as it is that we live in a society of a very unemotionally intelligent people and that everybody is going to be running what you say through to them about what you want to do with your life. They're going to be running it through their filter of their experiences in their life. Very rarely will you get someone who will actually sit down and listen to the way that you talk and listen to the things that you say and present to them and listen truly without bias. 
Uh, but this is something as a coach, mindset coach, college coach, recovery coach. I coach a lot of different people. This is something I work on all the time because people start to f- give me their information about their life and the brain's natural instinct is to start to seek out connections and meaning. And it's going to do that based on what it's experienced. My brain is going to listen to your story, seeking connection and meaning. It's going to start to build bridges in my mind of, oh, well, that happened to them. This is similar to me. Well, that happened to them. And this is why this happened to me. And then I did this and I did this. And this was the outcome I got. So that should work for them. Hey, give them that advice. Coaching isn't about advice. Coaching is about listening introspectively and with a ton of awareness that this person's journey is unique to them and not letting my preconceived notions of how to live life or what's worked for me interrupt listening to them and then asking them questions that get them to find their own answers. Very rarely do people really want to be told what to do, even whenever they ask to be told what to do. That's not necessarily how it's going to be taken by the unconscious mind. People are told what to do. There can be a rejection of authority. There can be this idea that everybody always tells me what to do. Why should I listen to you? I listened to you before and it didn't go well. Why am I going to listen to you now? There's going to be a lot of things going through their head. So when I say that sick people aren't the best per- people to get advice from, it's not sick like mentally. There's I'm not saying that these people have got anything that needs to you know have you know go to shock therapy or anything of that nature. It doesn't mean that they're sick, like they've got COVID or a flu. It just means that people who are not emotionally well, let's let's go with that instead, right? Because I'm just telling you how I was framing it in my head and I'm walking you through the process I go through whenever I start to shift my own internal pictures of what it is I'm talking about. Because I'm not walking around this planet looking to point out sick people. I do notice emotionally... Um, unhealthy people. And that's going to be a lot of the people that you come across. And they're going to be listening to what you say, and they're going to be filtering it through their experiences. And then they're going to give you advice based on what they think is best for you, but the unconscious mind is really just running it through what was best for them. And it may not be what's best for you. So as you begin to grow and nurture yourself toward this version of you that you're picturing in your mind and you're talking to yourself as you go through all of these different changes, hormonally and physically and mentally and spiritually, all of these shifts and changes are happening to you. They're happening to everyone around you. Even if somebody is 75 years old, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, they are still shifting and they are still changing. This happens all the way up. Until, so as far as I'm concerned, until the day we die. So there's going to be their own shifting and changing happening, and they're going to be running what you say through their own their own filtering and processing mechanisms, and then that's what's going to drive them to give you the advice that they do. You've seen this happen with people in your life. If you go to ask one of your friends on relationship advice and they have had not the best of luck with relationships and they've had some very negative experiences with whomever they choose to date, then they might be like, ah, screw them, just break up, ghost them, don't even ever text them again. And then you go talk to somebody who's more, um, let's just say, uh, emotionally involved in a relationship and they've gone through some hard times, but they've come out the other side and the relationship's been stronger for it. 
their advice could be something completely different. Oh, no, you got to stick it through. Keep texting them. Keep asking for a conversation. Eventually, you know, they'll, they'll sit down with you. You'll, you'll share some stuff. And before you know it, you'll be back in your arms and it'll be the best experience ever. It'll actually make you stronger. Because one person's experiences are that with perseverance, the relationship got stronger. The other person's experience is that relationships blow up in their face and they both leave angry and they never talk again. So depending on what advice you want, I would go to one of those two people. Do you want to never talk to the person again? Go to your friend who hates, (laughs) absolutely hates the people that they date versus going to somebody who uh, is in a happy relationship or is emotionally grounded and will tell you things that will say, keep persevering, right? You've seen this happen. You know the friends to go to for advice on relationships versus your health versus working out versus studying. You're really going to come to somebody who drinks all the time the night before a test and ask them their best study techniques? Or are you going to talk to the person that you always see them walking to the library? There's going to be the person who is the best (laughs) version of a human to ask about studying, the one who goes to the library, versus the person not so great, the one who goes to the bar. There, you know who to ask advice from when you're wanting the advice that you want, when you already have made up your mind. And that's the thing, is oftentimes we'll ask for advice when we've really already made up our mind, and we're just seeking some level of confirmation bias. We just want someone to say, hey... This is what I did. You should go do it. Awesome. That's exactly what I was thinking. Then you probably didn't need to ask him for the advice anyways. Or if we're getting ready to make a decision we don't really want to make, we'll go find someone we know will talk us out of it. I had friends like that. They're like, oh man, we got to go do this amazing, crazy, stupid thing. Nah, probably shouldn't do that. Uh, Let's just go back to the apartment and play video games. Okay, I guess we won't jump off the roof of the fraternity house into the bed of a pickup truck with a bunch of mattresses in it. No. We're not going to do that tonight. <laughs> let's go back inside. the. Let's, let's climb back inside this window and let's go back downstairs and play video games versus, the, you know, finding the person who's like, I think I'm going to tie this garbage bag to my back and see if I can parachute off the fraternity house. Ask that person if you should jump into the bed of a pickup truck with mattresses in it. And they're already going to be launching themselves off the roof. So and I know I'm getting a little jocular about this. I now want to keep this topic jovial because I want it to implant into your mind that there is going to be people whom you're going to have to be mindful of when you start to go asking them for their advice. You go asking your parents if you should change your major when they're the ones footing the college bill and it means another year in college. They're not going to more than likely be all that thrilled that they got to foot another year of your college education because you've decided that you no longer want to study 17th century French art and instead you want to go study 15th century, you know, German sculpture. It's your what kind of a response do you expect to get for them versus somebody who's freewheeling and you know and pays all their own college and you know is in no hurry to get out and you say, "Hey, I want to, you know, change my major to underwater basket weaving." And you know, I'm a senior and I'm one semester away, of course, they're going to be like, yeah, you should totally go with your heart. Follow your heart. That's what matters. Go to a thinking person. They're going to want to thank you through the problem. Go through an emotionally heart-centered person. They're going to want to emotionally heart-centered you through the problem. You already have noticed this. And in fact, now that I've given you enough examples, I guarantee you in your head, you're like, yep, that's who I'd go to for relationship advice. And that's who I'd go for sleeping around advice. It's You know who these people are. So, as you begin 
to go through this entire maturation process. And trust me, at 46, still going through it. One of the reasons why I think it's important that we stabilize ourselves when it comes to who we're getting advice from and how we should be feeling about ourselves, right? Letting other people dictate how we feel about our decisions because they're running it through their own processes and filters. There's, there's going to be a confirmation bias and they're very likely going to be an ulterior motive. Go ask your best friend if you should leave for a year to backpack across Europe and they love having you in their life and they want you there every single day. And while they might be supportive some of the time, there's going to be an internal part of them that wants to not have you go to Europe for a year because then they're going to miss you and not have you there. And they might start to slide in little things about, oh, how dangerous Europe is or how expensive the rail trip tickets will be or how you know crazy some of those people can be over there. They'll say little slide things in to try to just drop some hints. They don't really want you to go because they don't want you to go. Versus somebody who did backpack through Europe for a year and came back and you tell them you're going, you want to go to Europe and they're already sitting down showing you maps of cool places to go visit. I have come across this with a lot of different people in my tribe, and I created an entire tribe that I help people with their mental health and their mindset and accomplishing things. And they'll go to make a decision, and they'll be extremely grounded in the decision. You know, I, I want to change jobs. I want to move cities. I want to leave this partner I've been with for X amount of time. And I'll run them through a lot of questions to make sure that they are, this is really what they want. We'll future pace it, which is just thinking about the future and seeing what a future, having made this decision, would be like. And then we'll future pace it the other way. What would a future be like where you don't make this decision? And instead, you stay in the city. You stay at this college. You stay with this person. And we get them to go into the future with both being a possible reality and really picture what life will be like once this decision's made. It's extremely powerful, and when done in a bit of a meditative state, you can very much visualize this, but you can do this with yourself anywhere, uh, with any decision. You know, just sit there, get yourself quieted, allow your imagination to freely fr- flow, and to say, let's let's imagine a life where I made this decision to break up with this person, or let's imagine a life where I made a decision to stay with this person. And again, this could work with majors. This could work with any life decision. Let's imagine a world in which I decided to eat hamburger helper tonight, or I decided to eat a salad. Like you can do it with any of it. And then you future pace yourself. And then you really step into what life would be like after you make this decision. And is it good for you? Is it, you know, is it good for the people that you love? Is it good for your world in general? The, the you know, just your environment, who you're naturally around. Because ultimately you're making decisions for yourself, for your life to become the life you want it to become. You're going to have a partner, you're going to have friends, you're going to have family members, and they're all going to want to pull and tug at the decisions you make based off what they think they might lose or gain. This is a natural human instinct is for people to run your decisions through their filter of what this might cost or, or benefit them. It's, it's just cost-benefit analysis. It's standard economic practices for businesses, um, and at the same time, it's also happening for humans. 
So again, if somebody loves your company and you decide you're going to start working 80 hours a week, there might be a pushback because they don't want to miss you so much. Or you might get offered a promotion, which means you have to you know, start traveling for work and the person's like, oh, maybe not. Let's just stay here. And next thing you know, you're saying no to a promotion you've been dying to have simply because this other person doesn't want to have you less. And you are going to want to make sure that when you go to make these decisions, that one, you run it through the filter of, is this really what I want? Because other people are going to start wanting to push back on what it is you've decided. Some will be all, all, all on board. And you, you can even run it through the filter of why are these people all on board? Right? It could be that you know, you're getting ready to take a promotion and somebody's been dying to fill your seat at that job. So they're going to push you to go ask for the promotion because they want your job. They want to move into your spot when you get promoted. Now, that's not necessarily a positive or a negative. It's just some information for you to understand when you ask them their opinion on, should I go ask for this promotion? Right, well, I might get fired. Well, you should still ask. You deserve it. You've worked hard. And that person knowing that whether you get fired or promoted, they get your seat. All right? It's just information for you to know. It's just very important that you understand all of the perspectives that are happening around you. And don't allow this to sound overwhelming. Because oftentimes the amount of people who will generally be impacted by a decision you make or a ruling or, you know, a, a it's some kind of, if you're running a team, you might rule, okay, we're going to do this instead of that. You know who's being impacted. It's those people sitting right in front of you. But if the decision is that we're going to start working twice as much as we normally have, sure, that decision to your eyes may only directly affect those standing in front of you. But in their head, it's going to affect everybody at their house or everybody they spend time with away from this project. And if you're not taking that into account, you're gonna, you might possibly get pushback, even though you know doubling the workload will make the project happen faster or more efficiently or be better, and somebody might push back. And even if they know that it's better that they double the work, they still don't want to leave their partner at home alone all the time, or they don't want to miss their kid's baseball game, or they don't want to have to stop going out to the bar five nights a week. They have their own ulterior motives for saying yes or no to your decisions, to your rulings. And you want to have this information available to you just so you can understand their perspective. Because their perspective is going to be now, you know, showered upon you. And they're going to, they might try to make you feel guilty, some sort of negative emotion, sadness or fear. Oh my God, if we do this and then blah, blah, blah. And they, they might start, you know, chicken little, the sky is falling kind of scenarios if you ask them to step up their workmanship. And in reality, they know that everybody should be doubling up the work, but they also have a motive to not be away from their lover, not be away from their kids, not be away from their friends or just their favorite watering hole. When you understand that everybody is working within the same kind of sphere that they have all of these influences that are going to be pulling and pushing them in certain directions, then it allows you to be able to talk about those things with those people when these decisions are being made. So when you go to talk to your parents about 
changing your major and you know they've been footing the bill, you can come with a solution. Hey, how about I take on a job and I cover my last year of college? Or, hey, you know, this was going to happen. How about we move some of the money here and there? Or, hey, this is why this is so important to me. I'm actually going to be able to make an extra $30,000 a year when I graduate because this field is going nuts. And the field I joined three years ago when I got into college is a dying field. And it's, it's changing. They may not even be aware of the changes that are happening in society around certain jobs until you alert them to that. So bring information, bring data, bring sources so you can say, this is why I'm making this decision. This is a wise decision. Please be on board. Let me pay you back. Let's figure this out because I'm not just making this decision simply because I want to stay in college for an extra year. I'm making this decision because it's the wisest one for me with the information I have available to me right now. When you just go up and say, I just feel like I want to change majors, it's not going to cause somebody to want to crack out the credit card and and sign up for another $30,000 in bills. So back to the original thesis of this entire podcast. Be mindful of who you're taking advice from, of who you're asking for help from. Right, we are going to reframe it. It's It's not that people are sick. It's just that people are mentally unhealthy. They 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 have uh, they're uh, emotionally unhealthy. They are unemotionally grounded. It can be wherever you want to put the negative in that. They have their own things that they're working through, and I've seen this happen to my clients. I've seen this happen to my friends. They get super gung ho about a decision. It's extremely important to them. They're all on board. I've asked them all the questions. We've checked to make sure it's going to work out for them. We've done all the future pacing. They understand that there's going to be some fallout from people who care about them or people who cared about the other person, whomever will be affected by the decision. And they say, this is still the best decision for me based off the information I have about what I want to do right now. And then they go make the decision and then the fallout. Then the fallout comes. And that fallout can be very hurtful. People could start to blame you for, let's let's say you got out of a relationship. Then the next thing you know, that person's friends are coming up to you. Oh, they're so sad. They're brokenhearted. You've ruined their day. You've ruined their semester. You've ruined their life, right? Then, you know, then maybe your family loved that person and now they're pissed off at you because they really loved her and they thought that she was perfect for you or he was perfect for you or whomever was perfect for you. And maybe that you've got, you know, people in your Greek system or just all the, just think, I mean, about how many different people might come up to you. And then there's going to be people who are like, oh man, great, 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 great that you broke up with that person. They were horrible for you. Everyone's got their own confirmation bias that they're running this through. And now you're feeling bad and you're feeling, you're being, you, people are trying to make you feel bad and feel guilty and you choose whether to feel bad or feel guilty. Right. If you think there's a modicum of truth around why you should have stayed with that person, then yes, there could be more guilt and more sadness. If that person was secretly you know, harming you physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually, there was some level of abuse. It doesn't matter if everybody loved that person. You're like, you have no idea what I was going through. If you want it so bad, have at them. I've said it before, you know, one person's I never want to see you again is another person's I've been looking for you everywhere. So you might walk and everybody might be blown away that you'd leave them and they have no idea what wasn't working for you. That's what's important here. What wasn't working for you? You can't bend your to everybody else's whims on what you should be doing with your life. 
Because you've got to look at yourself in the mirror in the morning. You've got to say, this is what I'm choosing to do with my life. How many days or months or years am I going to give this person? Am I going to give this major? Am I going to give this career? Am I going to give this other friend? How much of your time are you going to spend? And then are you going to look back on that a year, two, five, ten down the road and say, damn it. I should have gotten out of that sooner. And you may or you may not. But either way, there's no failure. There's only feedback. It gives you feedback on what it is you experienced. There's lessons to be learned, always lessons to be learned. Some people will be like, oh, I was with them for five years and we ended up breaking up. What a waste. Well, I mean, you clearly stayed with them for some reason for that long. And so that you learned things. Perhaps you learned how not to be a boyfriend or girlfriend or how to be a boyfriend or girlfriend or how to listen better, or how to communicate or what you do better the next time. Like there's always feedback. So you have to make decisions that work for you. And when you go and start getting fallout from people, it's imperative that you understand that these people giving you the fallout, these people coming at you with these negative emotions about a decision you made, they may not be the most mentally healthy people to be taking advice from. You have to ask yourself, is this really somebody whose opinion about my decision I should be taking? Sure, it affected them this way, that way, or the other way. But I still had to make this decision for me. They get to go back to their life, and they're doing whatever they're doing. And yeah, when they see you, they might be pissed that you made this decision, right? But other than that, then they go off, and they're at Trader Joe's, and they're at Walmart, and they're, they're, they're watching some television, and they're living their own life. They don't have to go back to your home and look at your life through your eyes. They get to look at it through theirs. So now you're going home and feeling like crap, and they're off doing whatever they're doing, Everybody is is living their own life. And this is one of my favorite sayings. I say it a lot with my coaching clients and in the tribe is that nobody does anything against you. They do it for themselves. And this can be a tough one, especially if people gossip about you, talk smack about you behind your back, you know, try to get you fired, try to take your position, you know, the student senate, whatever it might be. Oh, this person's out to get me. Well, it might appear that way. But nobody's doing anything against you. They're doing it for themselves. And what's meant by that is that they are seeking to fulfill a human need within them. Certainty, variety, love and connection, significance, contribution, personal growth. They're looking to fulfill one of their human needs. Now, that action might affect you in a negative way, but it could be anybody in that position. And they're still going to do that because they're looking for an outcome that will benefit them. Some Your roommate eats the last cookie, and you think, oh, I can't believe they did that to me. I told them I wanted that cookie. They ate it because they were hungry. They ate it because maybe they did want to spite you. They, they did want some significance in your life by taking the cookie that you had already told them you very much wanted, so they take it anyways, right? Because for that brief moment, they have power over you. They've, they've, they've now seized your emotions, and now you're mad at them, and now you're paying them attention because any attention is better than no attention. So you might think that people are doing things against you. They're not. They're doing them for themselves. In order to fulfill that need within themselves, it might be taking advantage of you. But again, you just happen to be X person in front of them. If somebody else had the cookie, then they would eat their cookie. And if they didn't eat that person's cookie, it might be because that person's their boss. Or that person might be able to harm their life and then take away some level of certainty from their life. So they won't eat that person's cookie, but they'll eat yours because they don't feel like there's any repercussions or ramifications they'll have to deal with. 
doesn't make you less than. doesn't mean that they have somehow a power over you. They ran it through their filters and decided that you were the path of least resistance as far as consequences for eating this cookie. <laughs> People aren't doing things against you. They're doing them for themselves. Somebody steals your, your partner, steals your lover, comes in, right? That Well, the person, they didn't get stolen. They chose to actively leave with the other person. That person was going and having their needs fulfilled in a different way than with you. And the person who stepped in and became the triangle on this whole thing, they had their needs that they wanted taken care of. It wasn't anything against you as much as it was for themselves. They wanted something, they decided to go get that something. You just happen to be the person who's getting the, the, the carnage, the aftermath of it all. You are the person who has to walk away from that thinking you did something wrong, when in reality, they just were doing things for themselves. So just be mindful of this. You know, I'll, I'll wrap it up now. Is that, you know, there are going to be a lot of things that happen in your life where you're going to think somebody did something against you. And again, they're doing it for themselves. You just happen to be the person that they had to stomp all over in order to get one more rung up the ladder. You can harness anger and be furious and be pissed off and drink the poison, hoping it will kill them. But in reality, forgiveness is your best way out of that. They did what they did with the resources they had at the time. They might choose differently in 10 years, but they chose the way they chose. And now it's your chance to choose to walk away or bottle up a ton of anger and let that be unleashed upon them some other time or on somebody else. And that could cost you even more dearly. And when you go to ask advice about what you should do in that kind of situation. Somebody who you know hates relationships might tell you to go whip their ass, and somebody else who's all about forgiveness will say, just breathe in and let go. Let go and, and live free. And you know, going into that conversation, the advice you're going to get from that person. And then ask yourself, is this the most mentally healthy person I could be asking advice from right now? Is this really who I think is the most stable person to be getting this kind of information from. Because oftentimes, there is not a lack of people willing to tell us their opinion on the decisions we've made. There's absolutely a lack of people who are mentally healthy and emotionally grounded and intelligent in that manner to actually give us a a response that will benefit us. Because long term, we make our decisions. We make our bed. We sleep in it. Getting information from people that isn't going to benefit you. And again, I'm not talking about sugarcoating stuff. I'm not talking about whitewashing you. I'm just saying, be mindful. You make a decision and somebody has an ulterior motive to why you shouldn't have made the decision the way you did. Do you honestly expect to get unbiased support from them? That's the question to ask yourself. Ulterior motives, biased support, it's it's sort of kind of human's thing. And it's going to be up to you to create a friendship with somebody else where you say, look, let's sit down. Let's talk to one another. You give me your information and I will do my best. And I'll even discuss it with you as you're giving me your information about how I am working on not running it through my confirmation biases and through my filters and processes to give you ver- to help you get, gain some clarity. This is why I say people need coaches. Because a coach doesn't have an ulterior motive. Like there's, there's no back-end motive that I'm not expressing. My motive is to help the person achieve the life they've always desired. 
They might require making some pretty tough decisions, and there could be a lot of fallout in their life as they're making these tough decisions. But a month from now, six months from now, five five years from now, you have to be able to look in the mirror and be happy with who's looking back. And if there's any advice you should be taking, it's that person's. All right, my friends, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Be brilliant out there. See you next week. Bye-bye. 